You're listening to a Count Out Podcast. to another edition of the Stardom Road podcast here on the Count Up Podcast Network. I am your host, as always, Scott Edwards, and with me, as always, is my good friend and co-host, Trent Brewer. Trent, how are you on this fine day? I'm confused, to be honest, because it's funny, like, whenever we're doing this podcast, like, we tend to take, like, a second, like, okay, we're going to focus when I get into it, and, you know, not serious, but we're, like, kind of just locked in, and then that music hits, and it's it's very distracting because it's so upbeat, mm. bubbly, and happy, and, like, right. I'm in the, the zone, and then that's kind of pulling me away, so I just want to dance and have a bit of fun, and I forget that, hey, I've got to focus here, I've got a podcast to do, I've got to be on my A game. Yeah, yeah, it's a good song. It's really well it done. It is. So I appreciate uh, Ryan for getting that done for us. It's far better than what this podcast actually deserves. That's true. That's true. And it's like, it's a song that I feel like we should have a second one for when the topic is not as cheerful, but <laughs> whatever. Uh, put it into a minor key or something. Yeah, yeah, just darken it a little bit. Um, so today... <laughs> so today is our final episode of 2023 we've been at this for well over a year now we started in october 2022 uh time flies when you're having fun Mm -hmm. i guess i think we only missed like one or two actual planned weeks and even so we usually come through the week after um so that's that that gives us the perfect time to tell everyone that with this being the last episode of the year we will We're be missing a week <laughs> we will be skipping the last week of december um we will tell you what episode we will be bring you in the new year i think that'll be a lot of fun and you'll mm-hmm. kind of come with a, a little extra extra something a little spice. the wife will be worth it or not i mean Depends on how you feel about us, really. Uh, the weight will be worth it, Scott. Come on, we got to pump this thing up. I know, I know. So I will. I, I will the high key, not the minor key. I will celebrate our year first here before we get into our topic. Um, this podcast has been, as Ryan told me, the fastest growing podcast and count out podcasts network history so that's pretty awesome we appreciate everyone that's listening uh as you and me expected a lot of the newer viewers come in for the later episodes and the newer episodes you know they start off slow but they really rise as time goes on and that was kind of the whole purpose of a pot of this podcast it's very different um from all the other stardom or joshi podcasts out there mine included um and I think that's kind of exactly what we hoped for. So thank you to everyone that's been listening. Hopefully you've enjoyed the topics. Uh, sooner rather than later, we're going to start asking for topics. Like what do people want to see covered? Because I think uh, those immediate topics would be fun to hit. Uh, thankfully, for the first year or so, we haven't had to really do that. Um, we've been able to jump in and talk about pretty much anything and everything Um that is stardom related, but we have so many other topics to get to. We haven't touched any of the freedom. Really. We haven't touched a full Kagetsu series. There's a lot of fun 
um, coming down the pipeline. So thank you for listening to everything we've done so far and making 2023 a complete success for the Stardom Road podcast. Yeah, look, you know, part of the thing why we want to maybe send it out to you guys as well, because, yeah, we have a, a pretty big list of episodes we can do, uh, but we don't want to necessarily blow through all the big ones straight away. You know, you gotta you got to keep your waiting, keep you hungry for more. Um, but in saying that, like, if there are topics in particular that you guys want to hear about, we want to know that because we also want to be giving you stuff and information that you want to hear. If there's a particular wrestler you've heard about, you like, I want to hear more about them. If there's title reigns, we haven't really done specific title reigns. No. And I think that's a topic that will be very interesting to get back into during 2024. And I think one of those title reigns that will absolutely be at the top of the list is one we're going to see uh, discussed later today in one of the uh, matches that we're talking about. So, yeah, let us know what you want to see because we've been having a lot of fun this year and a bit sort of covering Stardom Road, looking at its history. Yeah, Both of us like that it is an evergreen podcast. You can jump in at pretty much any time. We, we don't make them too timely. And, yeah, it is weird compared to some podcasts where you've got to have everything locked in and ready to go and it kind of has a, a short shelf life. This one, yeah, you, know, you can sit, sit on it a bit and, you know, maybe if you're going for a long train ride or car ride or plane boat bicycle scooter um you can chuck on you can download several episodes and just sit back and you know listen to us yap for hours on end yeah uh if you're if you're someone that like listens to up-to-date podcasts and then you run out i think that our podcast really does actually come in perfectly there mm. uh, especially if you want to watch the matches or something you know we come through later so it gives you kind of time i'll never ask anyone to just uh listen to this asap but just you know give us a chance i think we do a pretty good job at um giving a broader look mm. uh, you know we don't go into like the tiny little details always just depends on the topic but uh we again appreciate everything so far this year and into next year that's why we're gonna have a fun little start to next year but let's Let's close out the year strong, shall we? We have Jungle Kiona Part 2 here today. We are going to go through four of her best matches. Not necessarily the best. I know people might want to, like, fight me on that. Um, she has some great matches in her career, but we picked out four that kind of highlight every bit of her run in stardom. Um, mm. You know, early singles, early tag, and then towards the end, her best um, singles and tags really kind of the the run that she's most popular for which of course is being a part of tokyo cyber squad uh will be a lot of fun i think my favorite part of doing this show is like when i actually do sit down to watch the matches and whatnot sometimes like the idea of it sometimes i'll admit this can be like a hassle because you're like oh, I have to, <laughs> like i have to go out of my way to do this but once i sit down and watch it i'm like i'm just totally invested and uh, I'll, I'll kind of dive into that later, especially on one of the matches, which I, f I just felt like I went into a time machine. Um, but, you know, this is Trent's topic, so I'm going to stop talking and kind of hand it over to him from here on out. Well, you, you say that, but, like, I think one of the beauties of this kind of thing is, sure, Jungle Kiona is kind of my go-to wrestler of the two of us. She's she's more a Trent wrestler than a Scott wrestler. But it's kind of fun hearing the two different sides, coming from someone who's a big Jungle Kiona fan versus someone who 
appreciates her, but you know doesn't necessarily have her on the top ten list of all time stardom. Although maybe after watching these four matches, she might be trying to sneak in there. Um, but yeah, look, we had four matches. Uh, if you were following along Scott's Twitter uh, just before this episode's gone live, you might have uh, seen his. Uh, in the minute reactions to some of these matches, uh, as he likes to do, it's it's one of the good things about following Scott. One of the many good things I will say about following Scott is that whenever we're prepping a Stardom Road podcast and we're doing matches from a certain wrestler or a certain event, um, you can see him following along. And like, if you if you haven't been following exactly like fortnight to fortnight, um, you see him start posting a bunch of old matches. You'd be like. Okay, I, I think I know there's a topic coming along here. Yeah, um, it's fun. As someone on the outside, it's fun. Yeah, it's fun to give like these little um, teasers or something. Um, I just called them homework this time around, mm. and then I broke out into like amazement over someone that wasn't <laughs> about the topic. But that's you're, what you're good at the social for. media game. You hype things up and you're previewing yeah. things. I just stay silent until an episode comes out. Hey. Like, here it is. <laughs> Hey, we we all have important roles on this podcast. You're the one that needs to like be insightful. I'm the one that just be like, yeah, just kicked ass. Like that, that, that's that's what we do. Um, I just I just love I love watching old starter matches because I think there's an underappreciation still for older stardom mm. since it's gotten popular. And I just remember like this is why I'm here. This is like watching back through these originally. Um, I think I've seen, I think I saw all of these matches prior. Um, so it was like just kind of going down um, a rabbit hole again, which was a lot of fun. But yeah, I'm excited to get into this. I'm excited to talk about Jungle's best matches because you really do see the evolution of her work. Um, and I think it's pretty cool too because we, we did the Utami big rookie stuff before this. And of course, that was a key part of this story that we saw kind of unfold today as well. Yeah, like it wasn't intentional linking no. together, but it, it kind of works out quite well. Because if, you, if you've been following along chronologically, podcast-wise, you got the Itami episode, so you saw her debut match against Jungle Kiona, and then we've got a match that comes through pretty much nearly at the one-year mark of her career, and mm-hmm. it's following that story that got set. But before we get to the last match on our list, which is that one, we're going to start with the first match on our list, and we're going chronologically because it kind of makes sense to follow yeah. Jungle's path. You go from the beginning of it. And the first match that we're uh, covering is from February 23, 2017. Jungle Kiona challenging Kairi Hojo for the Wonder of Stardom Championship in Kurokan Hall. The only match of these four which is not taking place in Nagoya, um, mm. because if there is a Jungle match that's worth watching, it's almost always in Nagoya. Um, but this one, to me, it's kind of the first big step jungle like she's been around for a little over a year and a half at this point like she's had enough time to establish herself but she's not at the level that she would be getting to in 2019 and the end of 2018 and this match to me very much serves as a proving ground match for her yeah, she's mm. in here with Kairi Hojo a few months before Kairi's leaving the company. It's kind of like okay we we know Io Shirai's kind of got one foot out the door at this stage too Stardom are looking for people that they can move up into that main event scene. And this is kind of a chance for Jungle Counter to prove herself in the lead up to this match and kind of establishing it. That's also kind of the vibe that this match gives. You know, Jungle Counter is generally a bit more on the, the fun side, the crazy side. 
but she starts to take things a bit more seriously in a trios match where she's teaming with Hiroyu Matsumoto and Konami. She ends up getting the win over the team of Kari Hai, Jay Yoko Bita, and Hiromi Mamora. And after that match, Kiona basically uh, talks to Kari and says, you know, you're an inspiration to me. Thank you for everything you've done. But she wants to challenge Kari for that title. Yeah. Before Kari gets out of here, she wants to take the title from her. And what I really like is Kyrie, you know, obviously accepts the challenge, but does so in the only way I can describe it is Kurt Angle TNA style, where instead of saying, uh-huh. yes, thank you for the challenge, I, I accept your, uh, you know, offer there, she just headbutts Jungle. And that's her way of saying, yes, I'm down here, um, but you have to step up and prove yourself. And that's how we get this match here Jungle Kiana versus Kyrie Hojo, Wonder of Stardom Championship. This isn't the pinnacle of Jungle Kiona, but I think this is a very good starting off point to see, A, why she got popular so early, B, why she was highly touted so early, and C, just kind of see where she's at a year and a half time. So when you get to the 2019 matches, you get a great contrast of this up-and-coming wrestler to someone who's more mature, got that veteran skill and knowledge, and is just doing everything a little crisper, a little harder, and a little Mm. stronger. I think it's incredible um, where she was at this point in her career, Mm. right? Because we're in a stardom world now where these opportunities don't come for a few years for a lot of younger wrestlers, but they had really no choice back then. And you could see her kind of grow throughout the match against someone, you know, at the level of Kyrie, which isn't easy. Um, One of my other big takeaways from this before we kind of just dive more into the match was how good Kyrie was. (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah. Like, like I, I understand why people were kind of upset with her return run. Cause like, she was a very different wrestler. Um, I still think she was great. Had some great. I think she had to be though. Like she was coming yeah. in a completely different setup here. Yeah. She's the she's not the underdog baby face in 2017, but no. she's the the baby face that kind of yeah she's proven herself, and now it's kind of about not keeping the spot, but yeah, you know, it's it's the it's the proving ground, which is what this match serves. And when she comes in in you know 2022 and stuff, she's. She's traveled the world. She's got the WWE aura about her, and it is it becomes final boss energy as opposed to you know, lovable. She babies. hit as hard as she did at all times, like she did in this match. Uh, <laughs> she the the spinning back fists. I, I love that. Her rule is if I don't hit it right the first time, we're not again. just going to work. Yeah, we're not going to work around it. I'm just going to make sure the second lands because we see the first one with a little bit. It kind of bounces off the shoulder and jungle. You can tell she's kind of like, I I know I shouldn't sell this, but like it's the veteran, it's the the yeah. senpai kind of thing. And you know, before she decides what she needs to do, Kari's like, well, here, here's one for you to sell. Here's what you need to do. And yeah, knock the lights up. Um, but yeah, yeah this match is a great. Succeed. This is this match. I don't know if I will like you can if you go through Jungle's career, maybe some other people will pick something else. But I think this is like the first true like really good to great performance for her. You know, she's yeah. she's in this baby face role, obviously uh, underdog role, especially which is kind of her specialty, despite being a power wrestler, which I think is such a difficult attribute that she mm-hmm. has in her run here and uh, the match with Kyrie, 
you know, she just keeps fighting back. It is a proving ground match, but it's a match where not only did she prove herself, but she fought till the very end. She showed she might be able to pull the off the, you know, one of, if not the biggest upsets in stardom history at the time. Um, obviously, like you're, you're watching and you're like, oh, there's no chance for, you know, this jungle to be Kyrie. Um, but I think that's the beauty of who she was as a worker so early in her career is that she made you believe. And that's obviously what made her such a fan favorite for years and years afterward. And, and I think it's a testament to her work as a character, especially like this is a match where like it's in Tokyo. So it's essentially neutral ground, but Kyrie's the established fan favorite. She's you know, in many cases more popular amongst fans than EO and Mayu, even though she's you know, kind of more positioned as the number two behind the third EO. best of threedom. But I wasn't going to say that out loud, but yeah, look, Mayu I'll say it out loud. It's fine. <laughs> but especially at this, especially at this time, you know, Kyrie is, as bad as poppy as you can get in stardom. Jungle Kion is the one getting the fan support, especially in the second half of this match. It starts off pretty even. I think there's kind of that two-way respect, but the crowd starts to believe and starts to want to see the upset win. And, you know, you hear the Kiona chance, they're getting more behind the pinfall attempts, you know, sort of begging for her to, you know, get the shoulder up and stuff. And I think that's a massive achievement because it, this isn't a classic face versus a heel situation. It's the mentor versus the trainee in a lot of ways. And, the, you know, the trainee often will get that underdog uh, favoritism there. But to outright get the cheers over the pure established baby face, you don't always see that in Japan, especially like when, you, you know, Kyrie, you look at like, for an example that I think of is Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Juice Robinson and Kurokan Hall from one of the G1s a couple of years ago. Mm. They wanted to get Juice Robinson the cheers. The crowd weren't buying into it, despite the fact Juice is the, the classic underdog baby face in that situation. Here we see a similar setup but the crowd gets behind Jungle because she's, you know, she just nails everything she needs to. Kari plays her role well, but like if Jungle isn't giving the crowd something to get behind, they're not going to cheer her. I think there is, um, you know, kind of this odd ability that comes with such a hard hitter like Kyrie, that you almost need to cheer for the other person <laughs> if they're a baby face like yeah because like i i think back to like so just certain matches because you compare it to tanahashi and um juice i think there are cases where you see a wrestler and obviously we know who the baby face is going in they're the more popular wrestler but the underdog's just able to take so much punishment. And this is kind of a Joshi thing more mm. than anything else. Um, take so much punishment and keep fighting back. Keep fighting back. It, it reminded me of a lot of Shuri matches where I think Shuri's really good at getting people behind others, mm. um, which is not an easy thing because obviously people want to cheer for Shuri and whatnot. Um and it's why I look at Jungle and Micah as similar wrestlers because of the power game, because of the fans they've created through their, mm. you know, fighting back and whatnot. And it's like perfectly timed to do this jungle stuff because of how popular Micah has gotten um, and where she's, you know, heading towards at the end of the year here. Um, and with, and with the final match, of course, or not the final match, but the match here, um, 
I just think it's incredible because you could feel it tilt throughout yeah. the match. And I think if you could feel that that crowd tilt throughout a match, it just makes it all the better. Like on the surface, this is a very basic like top star versus mid, you know, lower rook lower not lower mid card but like rookie ish or newer talent yeah, but someone rising through the ranks. yeah yeah and you really feel that you really feel that and it's just again a credit to what jungle is able to do fighting from underneath a, mm-hmm. a a trait that not a lot of wrestlers are all good at by the way like right wrestling from underneath or wrestling from on top like those are very different and i think if you're able to wrestle from underneath it's what makes your chase what makes your matches like many of jungles so good right if she if she was wrestling on top like as this big power wrestler maybe that would have worked but i just don't know if that connects as much as what she did and it all starts back at this match against Kyrie, and really carries her to the best matches of her career, which we'll talk about later on. She has the capability of being the big domineering bruiser, For but sure. if you put her in that role, you're arguably taking away her strongest asset, which isn't the power game, which isn't necessarily the strength. To me, it's her ability to sell the pain and sell the emotion. Yeah, it's one thing I really appreciate re-watching these matches, and because I know the matches, I've seen them before. Like, I'm obviously I'm watching them to sort of talk about them here, but I can afford to pay attention to the little things a bit more because sure. I don't need to follow the base match structure. And in this sort of match particularly, I was able to really hone in on, okay, what's Jungle Kiona, like, facial reactions here? How is she selling that? And all the little moments in this match, whether she's starting to get on top, she's fighting from underneath, she's been knocked down, she's struggling to get up. She does such a perfect job in uh, emoting these feelings and doing it in a way like in the middle ground in selling from making it believable, making it visible to the people in the back row, but not overdoing it and hamming it up. Mm-hmm. That's a very tight line to walk. Now, the good thing is Kirken Hall is designed in such a way that the person in the back rows can still see pretty well. We're not talking Tokyo Dome or like a big stadium arena, but you've still got to get that emotion up to the people in the cheap seats while still making it believable to the people in the front row. And Jungle, I think, is yeah someone that I would recommend watching in these circumstances, watching those facials, if you're looking to learn what works in this kind of setting because she absolutely nails it consistently. Yeah, she's she is a um, not an overly complicated wrestler. Mm. Like her, her no overall, wonder fan. Her overall move set simple. Her overall um, the reason people love her, it makes all the sense in the world, right? It's mm. so it's just so easy to understand why Jungle Kiona works. I think, yeah. um, and. Overall, I just think when she moves forward in her career from this point, you only see her get better and better through the tag matches and through the big singles matches. And that's what you want. You wanted this mm-hmm. match to be the proving ground to build off of. I think I think so many times when you get these proving ground matches, we almost focus way too much on the match itself. And it's what did that match do for the wrestler? And for mm-hmm. her, it's very apparent. 
yeah, this is the perfect jumping off point. It kind of feels like they went back after this match and it's like, okay, yeah, we, we, you've you've almost passed the test. So now we can start putting you in the bigger situations. And as we mentioned a fortnight ago, this was kind of the jumping off point. From here, she'd then have another match, which we're going to be talking about, which was the tag titles. She'd be thrust into other title matches for titles that were sort of outside of the stardom world or kind of circulating the, the SWA title is another one she challenged for not long around this time. The trios title, she'd start get more uh, important situations, start being treated as a bigger deal. And you, it's literally the step from up-and-coming mid-carder young wrestler to landing in that upper mid-card role. You are given responsibilities. You're expected to consistently deliver these kind of matches. You've done it once. You've done it against someone like Kyrie. Mm-hmm. Can you do it night in, night out? Can you do it on a rainy Tuesday in Stoke, as they yeah. like to say? And and these, and, you know, Kyrie and Jungle, obviously, they have a great relationship post this. I don't, You know, I, th- it starts before this because they're all mm. around each other. But I'm sure this match helped a lot. You know, like, you know, Kyrie was there for Jungle's, you know, final match as of this recording. Um, and it's kind of cool to just go back and see that. And, you know, the wars they went through, you know, the thing that they talk about with wrestling. And um, that was a war. And I, in many ways, it probably proved to Kyrie, okay, like, you know, this is starting to be okay when I'm Yeah, leaving. I, I'm leaving in good hands. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, she knew she knew about certain people, but Jungle Jungle was one of the keys of helping build that mid tier and up. Um, but yeah, this was a great match. Yeah, you're you're right in the sense that like it shows the connection they had is the fact that she showed up for that final match at Nomads. This, that was the first appearance outside of the Stardom rings in that mm-hmm. that initial comeback you know obviously she came back and did fortune dream and ajpw surrealism but that nomad show where she appeared that was out of nowhere no one was expecting it in that audience and i can attest to that because i was in the audience and everyone was like wait what um and if you want any further proof of their connection Kyrie would later on design gear for jungle Kiana to wear and not that we see it in these four matches but the the match against uh, Momo Watanabe, that kind of red and yellow gear was kind of the sequel to the green and white gear, which is what Kyrie designed for her. So that's, mm-hmm. you know, she was able to keep that little uh, connection going on even after Kyrie had left. And you can't help but wonder and sort of look back on it. If Kyrie had stayed in stardom, you know, how that sort of relationship would have blossomed. You know, would Kiona have come under Kyrie and kind of been the second? And would they have had tag runs together kind of thing? But uh, obviously it turned out pretty okay for both of them. I would argue yes. Yes. <laughs> so after this match, uh, it kind of works out really nicely because in the post-match of this, they set up the next match that we're talking about. So Kyrie kind of congratulates Kiona for fighting hard, showing the strength, showing the emotion. And Hiroya Matsumoto comes out. Uh, who is criminally underrated, and I think Scott and I both agree is someone that, for people who weren't following Joshi around this time, not just Stardom, mm-hmm. Rory Matsumoto is someone you need to go back and watch because she is something else. She's yeah. her own beast. Um, she comes out, gives Kyrie support, and it sets up the tag title match that we are now following in. The date for this one, if you haven't watched it yet, you need to go back and watch on Stardom World, is on March 5th. 2017, this is in Nagoya. Jungle Kiana couldn't bring the white belt to Nagoya, but now the question is, can she win the title in her hometown? 
Spoiler, she does. Yeah, this tag match is. I, I said it last week. It's it was one of, if not my favorite, Jungle Kiona matches, mm. and it's just so well built, right? It you know, Hiroyo and Jungle just worked so well together, and you could see a lot of what Jungle takes from Hiroyo Matsumoto in mm. you know the, her following years um, as a wrestler. I just think like when it comes to tag team wrestling. And we still see it in stardom now. Obviously, the titles are different, but, um, you know, they've been flipping, flopping in 2023. But, and and that that's a long-term thing with mm. these titles. It's not like a, something new. Um, but we see that these titles are breakout moments. And this is a breakout moment for Jungle Kiona with Hiroyo Matsumoto by her side against Kairi and Yoko. Uh, you know, she's fighting two people that, our wonder stardom champion, you know, that, that, that doesn't just happen. Right. Yeah. Like, and, and she's not only living up to them, she's, she's elite. She's almost leading the match with her own story. And that's why, you know, it, it's in Nagoya. So you, you kind of have to do that. It's her thing. <laughs> um, and I, and I think that's such a respect to where she is in her career at this time. Yeah, it literally in the span of, a, well, not even a month. It's only really a week or two after the initial match. It feels like Jungle Kion has gone from way underneath Kyrie, doing everything she can just to keep up, to fighting her on level pegging. Um, mm-hmm. And you see that in the way this match unfolds, as it is very much a back and forth. And yes, Jungle ends up having to fight from underneath, but it feels like she's proven herself at that level. She passed the test in February, and now she's just fighting as an equal, fighting as yeah. a you know, as as a, as a colleague. And the result is, to this day, I think you can still call it one of the best tag matches Stardom have ever had. Um, yeah. At the time, it was pretty much the standard bearer, and I think it it still holds up. And yeah, some of the some of the matches around this time, especially outside of your big like Eo Mayu, Eo Kari, that kind of stuff, you can tell they're a little bit of a product of their age. They're still fantastic; they deserve all the praise they get, but they are a little bit rawer, a little bit less refined in certain areas. Um, in comparison to maybe a 2023 match where everyone's maybe trained a little bit better, conditioned mm-hmm. a little bit better. But you could take this match and transport it to 2023 and it would feel completely at home. It's hitting yeah. all the same marks. Uh, the quality of the wrestling is on par. And look, it helps that this Nagoya crowd is absolutely fired up. Um, mm-hmm. And if you ever need proof of the value of a crowd, you watch a match like this and just hear how that crowd gets behind it. And there's that constant roar and rumble in the second half. And, like, the the final sequence of this match Mm -hmm. goes for quite a while. And to keep that momentum going, to keep that crowd sort of amped up throughout that entire finishing sequence is not easy to do when it's stretched out as long as it is. But the crowd are with it, they're following along, and they're just desperate to see the result that they want to see. Yeah, as I like to do with a lot of, like, um for you know for the people listening i like to try to bring up to date you know something com- comparable mm. to this and i think the best is Mahime against seven up that was the first thing i thought of when watching this match um you know just that crowd reaction of wanting 
their pick to get the win no matter what and just a killer closing sequence where you just you don't want to lose hope um and obviously they went different ways in terms of who was getting cheered for but that's the first thing i thought about watching this i was like this is this is that right like <laughs> the, we, we see i think if you go back in stardom history and you watch like a lot of the tag title matches you can make a lot of comparisons to certain reigns and certain matches of today and i think that's one of like if there's anything that has continued strong in stardom's history it is the tag team title defenses mm-hmm. like i think certain styles of certain belts have changed the goddess belts have always had their identity um which i think is incredible when they're at their best i don't know if there's anything that really touches it truthfully and that is this match that is the other match that i was talking about um this is jungle and Haroyo overcoming like i said um and Haroyo makes like a number of saves mm. where she just kind of like comes in like this absolute monster and it's <laughs> and like she is amongst she, her, is. she she is she is like she she was incredible in yeah. this match like she was just power up and i just was like i know exactly what happens in this match but i'm getting amped like yeah. i'm getting so excited for this and i was like she really will go down as one of the more underappreciated joshi of her time um she has an argument for probably the most underappreciated truthfully just because of all the things she can do and she's still going good well today that's the yeah. crazy part like she's not she's not one of the you know joshi that she's broken down much or anything no you put her in a big match she often delivers um and yeah, this this match, like you said, just a sensational final sequence that's so long that it's a credit to keeping them going. Because when you have final sequences in matches, you kind of you want to get to that result quicker mm. than not, just because the crowd gets so hot. And and you know, there's matches where it feels like we're in that final sequence, and then you kind of slow it down and has a upsetting abrupt finish, and that's just wrestling. Mm. Um, but this was so good. This was so good on second watch. Um, it'll probably be great on third watch again. It's my. It's. It would be the second highest rated match I'd have from this category. Uh, this catalog of matches that we're watching today. I just think um, it, it's Jungle's number one match on Cage Match, and mm. I totally understand why. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where, like, when if you were following Stardom at the time, um, there was just such a buzz following this match with people just kind of talking about it. And whenever there was discussions of 2017 match of the year, you'd always see someone just kind of try and put it in and remind people, hey, hey, don't forget about this match. It was that good. Uh, and it, I think it was one of those matches that people would get drawn into Stardom. If you've never seen the Stardom product, uh, it's the perfect combination of hard-hitting action easy to follow storytelling within the ring and the benefit of the crowd sort of getting behind it as well and i can't finish this section talking about this match without mentioning the post-match stuff like all these nagoya matches there's like an extra two minutes added on at the beginning before the match starts because they're doing the flower ceremony and stuff for jungle coming back home but at the end of it obviously jungle is absolutely emotional tears flooding down her her face and stuff and Hiroyo Matsumoto speaks and then Jungle gets the mic again and she's just kind of looking off in the corner and she sees her dad in the crowd now for those of you who were listening last fortnight would know that you know she came from a divorced family she kind of run away from home a bit 
and seeing that connection at the time i thought oh that's a sweet moment you know jungle and her her dad you know sharing that connection in the ring but knowing now sort of re-watching knowing jungle's story there it just means all the bit more because sometimes when you get away from your family like that you run away you lose the contact you don't have that same connection you know divorced family it's it's very difficult it's very messy but they're able to share that little touching moment at home jungle following her dreams and achieving her dreams I have literally nothing to add. You should probably just go to the next match. <laughs> it was very well uh, ended there. And I was like, well, I got to speak now. Um, there you go. But yeah, no, that was, that was perfectly said. I think, um, I think anyone can connect with jungle very easily. And, and that is another reason why, right? That, mm. that story and how it unfolds and what you see there. It's, it's just incredible. What, um, she was able to do in ultimately what wasn't a long period. No, it's 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 what five six years basically, and we're still in year two here. We're, we're pretty yep. much at a year and a half at this point, and she's connecting with the crowd that much. You know, she's a very emotional wrestler. She wears her heart on her sleeve, uh, but I think that really helps her connect to the audience, especially in Nugly, obviously. But it extends beyond that. But for the third match, we go nearly two years to the day. It's March 3rd, 2019. At this stage, she is the leader of the Jungle Assault Nation, J-A-N, and she's challenging for the Wonder of Stardom belt once again in Nagoya, challenging against Momo Watanabe, who at this point is 18, and at this point is on the verge of breaking the Wonder of Stardom championship record. I'm going to just take a detour here from Jungle (laughs) Kiara. Momo Watanabe. Give her her flowers. Momo Watanabe, at the age of 18, reached a peak and a high that so many wrestlers could ever dream of. (laughs) She was so in control and so good and such a dick (laughs) (laughs) that it was the perfect fold for jungle kiona in what is highly regarded as her best match ever Mm. Mm. right it is the perfect combination of unbeatable wonder stardom champion versus you know one of the best challengers possible to towards the end towards the record possibly being broken in nagoya it's a it's a perfect storm like 2018 and 2019 Momo Watanabe is just unbelievable to go back and see. And the crazy thing is, I know she still has like this in her plus improvement. Mm. Right. And I, it, all I was left hoping for is like, I just get something like this of Momo again someday. Cause she, she's so, she's been so good for so long, just in ring wise. Mm. And this match, well, she has some great matches in her history, so this isn't her greatest match. Her performance in this is what I think ultimately puts Jungle's list with this at number one because Jungle was so, so good Mm. in this match, but you need the... You need the person that is, you know, swinging from top that's just trying to keep you down and push you down to 
make this great. And ultimately it builds to one of the best, you know, closing minutes of any wonder stardom title. Like it's one of the highest regarded wonder stardom title matches. Don't get me wrong. I've seen better wonder stardom title matches. Um, thank you, Sayakamitani for a lot. Uh, <laughs> but this, this really is like, this is stardom in 2019, just absolutely at the top of its game. And you could feel that mm. from the opening bell to the very end. If you have come into stardom in the last couple of years, and look, we say this a lot because it's kind of the point of the podcast. If you've come in the past couple of years, you need to go back and watch stuff. But if you have only come into stardom past couple of years and you haven't seen Wonder of Stardom, Momo Watanabe, either go back and watch it or wait until we do the white belt run that she has and we cover it on this episode properly and then go back and watch it because yeah. you you can't appreciate how good she is now without seeing how she good how good she was at 18. People are still shocked when you say Momo Watanabe is 23 in 2023. Yeah. It, it, it surprises them. Go back five years and she's doing stuff to this level. Uh, and it's also the reason why she has such a strong contingent of fans, especially amongst the Western circles, even though maybe they're not as in love with her Oedo Tyron because they they watched this. They saw an 18-year-old freshly graduated from high school be given the reins from Io Shirai, of all people, and said, this is your company now. What can you do? And she proceeds to put on a performance like this. I can't wait to do a series on um, her run as champion. Uh, But to the match itself, it felt like it was going to be a blowout. And I think that's like what made this so good. So like to compare it to sports, it felt like it was going to be a blowout early. Like mm. Momo was running up the score. She was making jungle look like she didn't belong. Almost just absolutely destroying this woman. It, it, she almost was bullying her mm. in many mm. ways. And then we get to the point on the outside where jungle catches her for the nasty apron power bomb and the match changed from there. And that was two replays. That's how big it was. Oh yeah. And how Momo was able to work with that back. Like it, mm. it comes down to it in the end. And I think that's like, we, we talked so many times about how like people can forget their injuries in matches. This was one of those times where it, I think we would have like moved on, you know, like it wouldn't have bothered me if like, Oh, you hurt your back. Like everyone hurts their back in every Mm. wrestling match ever. Congratulations. But she sells it and it makes for the ending being better. And from, from that power bomb jungle really gets on the attack and it's, and it's starting to give you hope that she might be able to, she might be able to take this. She might be Mm. able to win this. And of course, you know, the crowd's going crazy for it. And, the the final five minutes or so of this match are just incredible. Uh, this match is like it would fit right in current star. It really yeah. would. Like if you put it in one of the bigger stages, like if you put this in Sumo Hall, even I don't think anyone would bat an eye. I think everyone would like, yep, like this is this is deserving, and that crowd losing their minds. But it's not in Nagoya, so it can't be in Sumo Hall. Um, <laughs> but you get my point. Uh, I just think, like, these two were perfect for each other in a way at this time. Mm. And, uh, man, I wish I wish we could uh, see them go at it again because I just think they, 
they worked so well and benefited so well off of one another, especially where their characters were um, at this time. That's that's essential because I intersected the perfect point. This is yeah. Momo Watanabe. She's proven herself. The any early sort of jitters are gone now. She's you know on the verge of breaking the record. That's how good she is at eighteen. She has a right to be cocky and believe she's the best. And by comparison, Jungle Kiona at this point, she's been leading Team Jungle. They had some, uh, Jungle Assault Nation. They had some early success, but the the struggles and the difficulties of leading a weak faction are starting to pile up and the the initial uh honeymoon period has is gone and they're basically struggling just to keep up and keep fighting with the other other groups in stardom so here we are a, a jungle kiana who's battered and bruised a bit and just trying to give her faction something to stand behind and believe in versus a momo watanabe leading a queen's quest that couldn't be hotter at this point it's the perfect intersection placed in a Nagoya crowd. They all buy in. And if you want to understand how good this match is, in 2019, Dave Meltzer rated this 4.5 stars. Now, in 2023, Dave Meltzer giving stardom a good rating. Not that unusual. Like, he do, mm-hmm. he watches the big shows. He'll rate them. He'll talk about them. But at this point, he, you know, he'd been to stardom shows when he went over for Wrestle Kingdom, but he didn't talk about them a lot. They didn't get a lot of no. focus. They didn't get a lot of rating. But he gave the time and he gave the attention, gave them 4.5. And I actually have the details from the Observer from sort of talking about this, which Ooh, I'll just read work. through it. What was that? Good homework. I, by the way, if anyone cares, gave it 4.5 stars. So that's updated 4.5. You're locked in with the melts. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he gives he gives a little bit more lofty stars than I do for yep. certain things. I don't go above five, but uh, I think it's very deserving of such a rating, not only to get rated, but the rating he gives. Mm. Um, it, it's, it's very common now. I think Julian has me get four and a half just now. They might have just recently got it. Four I, and a half I haven't quarter, seen the quarter. for that. Yet. Um, I just know like he gives he obviously gives a lot more now, so it's like not as fun, um, or like <laughs> exciting. Yeah. But it's it's a it's a credit to what this match was. He does it enough now that we complain about the ratings he gives, as opposed to being thankful that he's rating them. Well, there's nothing better than when he goes, yeah, it was a five-star match, four and three quarters. Oh, okay. Sounds good, Sounds good Dave. I'm, I'm still a little bitter he gave the Mayu EO match four and three-quarter stars. That that was a five-star match for me, but I digress. What he said in the Observer uh, newsletter, uh, and I quote, they ran Nagoya on uh, 3rd of March before 675 fans with Momo Watanabe beating Jungle Kiona in 21-23 in her record-setting 11th defense of her Wonder of Stardom Championship. This match was really the talk of the past several days as much as a small promotion match it's going to be. I'd go four and a half stars easily, and Watanabe's individual performance was out of this world. And the scary part is she set this record and she's only 18 years old. It's a scary thought that when one of the best women wrestlers in the world was born in the year 2000. Now, obviously, the year 2000 is losing a little bit of meaning here in 2023. Um, he, he's know. changed that, though. His new... His new favorite wrestler that I think he freaks out about his like I I've I've this is this is this is completely off the topic of Jungle Kiona tangent time actually you know what I'm not gonna say it just in case it doesn't happen I'll talk I'll talk to Trent about it after uh, but he he really does um, 
he gives a lot of credit to these younger wrestlers hmm. from in stardom from then to now. Uh, he says there's he said he has said on the Observer that there is no better younger pool in pro wrestling than what stardom has. And I think we can all obviously attest to that. But what he's willing to say here, obviously, about Momo, which I think is a fantastic championship performance, but mm. it doesn't get there without Jungle being who she was in that setting, right? Um, and and her coming so close to winning. But at this time, it was just like, there's no one that can stop Momo. Like, you yeah. you can't stop her. And it's it's... It's so different from what Saya did because I don't think I ever felt like that with Saya. Like Saya had this great run as champion, but she never felt like unbeatable. If that makes sense, her whole story was overcoming her own demons and her own right. insecurities, and she doesn't overcome them until the end of her run. You know, like yeah. she, the, it's at its peak during the um, Kyrie situation. The first time they were trying to set it up, and the second time it did actually happen, which is past halfway through her championship run, yeah. and then obviously it rears back up after Mina Shirakawa injury and kind yeah. of is looming over her right until the moment she loses the title. Yeah. Whereas Momo here, like she goes through any insecurities she might have had and basically kicks those insecurities in the face while yeah. she's kicking everyone Many else times. in the face. Yeah. yeah. And by the time at this point in her reign, there's no insecurities, there's no questions. She is the unstoppable force at 18. And it's up for everyone else to catch up or be humiliated by a girl who's fresh out of high school and probably still fits in her schoolgirl outfit. Um, There'll never be another run like what Momo had. Like the stardom is in such a different place now that it will mm. never happen. They're not running the kids like they used to. You know, the Azumis, the Starlight Kids, the Momo Watanabe's, they're not looking for that crew anymore. Hina, Rina, they, they're basically granddaughtered in. Yeah. You know, they were already there, so they're not going to kick them out. Like but the you're closest, not going to get that age. The closest you're going to get is what we're watching with Suzu now. Yeah. Truthfully. That's the closest you're going to get to. And she, she's record. three years older than Momo at this stage, which is yeah. crazy to think about because we're going crazy over what Suzu's doing and what Azumi's doing and what Starlight yeah. Kid's doing. But they're old compared to this Momo Watanabe. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, yeah, uh, this match, it's a must-see. Um, yes. Even just for stardom overall. the best Jungle Kiana match. Um, I think the only reason it doesn't win match of 2019 for stardom is because of the Arisa Tan Nakano match, which you know, hit many of the same marks, but it had a bit more of the emotional, interpersonal edge. And I think that was such a revelation for a lot of people. Yeah. But this match is right up there with that. You know, and and you Arisa can, better. <laughs> you, you can make an argument really either way. It just depends on what you're, you're looking for in your storytelling. But you know, this is Jungle Kiana at her peak. And she's facing the perfect kind of opponent. You know, she's going up against someone who is faster, better, uh, more confident, and she's working through everything in yeah. just trying to get to that point. She's got the the both got the Nagoya crowd around their fingers, uh, and when she hits that jungle buster, even watching it after probably like the fifth time I've yeah. seen this match now, there's still a part of me that wants to believe. The um... 2019 might be the best year for Wonder Storm title matches. Because um, obviously you have this one. Mm. You have Momo Reese is not as good as like these, but it's still like a great match, obviously. Um, 
Then you have the Orisa Rain, which involves Tam, Hazuki, Jungle, uh, Konami, Konami, Kagetsu, throughout the rest of that year. It's one of the better ones. I think Saya might have helped to top that, truthfully, um, just because of what she did in 2022. Mm. Uh, but man, like it really starts with th- not this one. There's there's one more before that I'm stupidly forgetting. Was it who I think it was? Yeah, my uh, no, not my. Um, even the Tam one at the eighth anniversary is really solid. Um, yeah. And that was, of course, like before Tam was who she is now. Obviously, as like this, you know, super over the top, um, popular main event star. Even mm-hmm. like back then, she was the underdog, and yeah, I, that she was proving her against Elf. Yeah, which worked against Momo, especially back then. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, Jungle Kiona, go out of your way to see this. This is her best career match. I would totally agree. I think uh, you can't replicate something like this. As you mentioned earlier, it's it's a perfect storm of circumstances, and yeah. they were able to capitalize on it. Um, really, but that's not the last time her and Momo would fight in matches that we're talking about today. Uh, the final match in our list of two watch jungle matches is from the fifteenth of July, uh, two thousand nineteen. Jungle Kiona and Konami now both a part of Tokyo Cyber Squad facing off against the Goddess of Stardom champions, Utami Hashishista and Momo Watanabe. This match also takes place in Nagoya, um, and this is kind of the culmination of a lot of different things. The most important thing here is the burgeoning feud between Utami and Jungle Kiona. Uh, Obviously, they fought to multiple draws, and I believe uh, just after this match in the Five Star Grand Prix, Utami will get the win back against Jungle in one-on-one action. But for Jungle, who is constantly trying to basically prove she's still as good as Utami, who has come in, debut, draw, uh, next match, draw, base, and then wins the tag titles from her and says, you're my stepping stone. Um, yeah. This is Jungle's chance to basically prove, yeah, the, the stone's a bit high for you just yet. I think this match were, is, like, very simple mm-hmm. in the right ways. Um, this is... This match is a lot like the recent Aphrodite and Divine Kingdom match, actually, in that it doesn't overcomplicate itself. It mm. tells the story that it needs to tell, and it gets the champions that it needs to at the end. Um, I think when it comes to Konami and Jungle together, they were so perfect as a unit, right? Like the, imp- the, the, the group that's not supposed to be perfect, which is <laughs> Tokyo cyber squad ended up being as perfect as any group could be. And these two were, you know, so important to making that work. Obviously Hana was Hana and, you know, that goes without saying, but mm. um, putting these two together and kind of playing through them, you know, begrudgingly joining and then, you know, becoming tag team champions and one of the most loved tag teams at that time really speaks to how good they were. Uh, Konami is at her best, I still think, during this run. Um, I think her 2019 year is her best run, and I think her Tokyo Cyber Squad work is great here. Uh, Her and Momo were awesome in this match together. And then you have, of course, Utami and Jungle pairing off. And these two are so... 
they have the history, right? We we talked about the big rookie match, and you t- just talked about how you know they went to the five star and made up for it. But they have the history to work off of that. You know, this isn't going to be easy for either of them. Like jung- Jungle's almost again the underdog, despite fighting this rookie who has just become this dominant force in stardom. Mm-hmm. And I think it's so fitting that even against a rookie jungle can be the underdog that's overcoming and making you believe that because it's really hard to, I think it's really hard with any rookie to make you look at like a vet, like jungle and think, you know, Oh, they're an underdog. Yeah. This, this worked, this worked really well. It's not the greatest tag team match you're going to ever see. It's not, you know, it's not the best tag team match in stardom history, but you know what it is? They really, really good tag team match that has four wrestlers who are kind of just, um, they're absolutely flying above expectations at this point. I think, I mean, Momo's obviously coming off the wonder rain, mm-hmm. but even so her tag work was great. Utami as a rookie is so above her level of experience like you know she's still doing basic moves at this stage you're not she's not over complicating things and then of course you have jungle and konami who just became so popular to the point that it was undeniable you had to give them these belts yeah this is the best pairing for jungle kiona um because i think it highlights everything that needed to happen because for the past couple of years, she had been fighting as the leader of a jungle assault nation and didn't have a, a true equal to sort of stand next to. Sure. Uh, and joining Toko Cyber Squad, obviously Hana was the leader, but she lined up with Konami and finally had someone she could pair with that would match her. Now, it wasn't like with Hiroyu Matsumoto was kind of the uh, senpai, uh, kohai kind of situation. Right. These are two people on their equals who maybe have one or two flaws, in the world of wrestling, Konami, yeah. I think, really benefited from having someone like Jungle Kiona to play off of from a personality standpoint. You know, she can be a little quiet, a little stoic. She's got a, not that, you know, you see a lot of it, but you get this impression she's got a bit of a dry sense of humor. Uh, and she, you need someone like a Jungle Kiona to kind of bounce off of with that. And Jungle's exuberance kind of feeds into Konami's style really well. And likewise, Jungle Kiona has someone who finally has her back and can Mm -hmm. watch her, can uh, look after her. And together they make this really fun tag team to watch. They do some gnarly stuff together. The drop-kick powerbomb combination is a scary thing. They've got some really good tag team moves. But it's just a tag team that kind of makes sense because it almost looks thrown together, but they make it work in spite of that. And here they are up against a really strong tag team. You know, Momo and Utami had won these titles not quite a year ago, but it's sort of, you know, probably I think it's like an eight, nine-month reign at this point. They beat Jungle for it, Jungle and Natsukatora. And here they are, they're, finally, they're fine-tuned. You know, Utami was pushing Jungle Kiona to draws in her first month, and now we've got Utami, you know, getting towards that one-year mark, and she's got a little bit more confidence, a little bit more to her style. She's got that confidence, and standing next to someone like Momo Watanabe, it'd be hard not to feed off of that kind of ego. And again, they have the Nagoya crowd just feeding everything, going at a fever pitch. 
another example of how important the crowd is in building mm -hmm. this. And yes, this isn't an overly complicated match, but what it's doing, it sets out to do, it nows on all functions and the personalities and the character styles and the wrestling styles all mesh really well here to just create, at the end of the day, a really fun match, an easy to watch match with a very satisfying conclusion. 100%. I think um, it's kind of a satisfying conclusion for this episode in mm. many ways. Um, jungle winning. How about that? <laughs> How about that? I I noticed that, you know, he picked two matches that she won. Don't, 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 I mean, they happen to both be tag matches, so of course she won. Yeah, and you, uh, you were feeding the, you know, it's important to focus on Jungle, not just a singles wrestler, but as a tag team wrestler, because mm -hmm. I think she goes down as one of the best tag team wrestlers Stardom has had. Um, oh, absolutely. I, I think she's a great singles wrestler, but at the end of the day, it's the tag work and what she does there that I think really stands out in the long run. Um and it's important Hard to highlight to stand that out in singles. To be fair, there's a lot of singles wrestlers. There is, <laughs> especially as someone who doesn't reach the top of the mountaintop. Mm -hmm. If you don't win one of the top titles, yeah, you're as great as she is as a singles wrestler and her versatility in being able to lift up rookies and go toe to toe with main eventers. Um, but in, yeah, when you're looking at the uh, the legacy of a Jungle Kiona, the tag work is just as important as the singles work. Uh, and that's why we wanted to highlight a mixture here because there's a ton of other singles matches we could have picked, whether it's the final big singles match against Mayu Watani in 2020 or the match against Kigetsu earlier in 2019, her white belt match against Arisa Hashiki is top tier as well. There's a lot of these matches there or any of the five-star Grand Prix matches she has. Um, but looking at these tag matches and you get the evolution 2017 singles kiona 2019 singles kiona and then 2017 tag kiona 2019 tag kiona yeah we i think we perfectly clicked mm. on every um match here you get you get two experiences from her early on two experiences from her in her peak yes. um and that way, I think you can get a good appreciation of who Jungle was as a wrestler, as a um, competitor, and as a, and overall, why people loved her so much. Because I think a lot of fans that come in, and I said this, I think, on the first episode, like mm. the whole point of this was to kind of give you an idea of why uh, so many fans are invested in Jungle Kiona and who she is and what she is and what she's been. Um mm. And, and there's no better way to do that than just watch the matches yes. and feel what those crowds are feeling for her. Um, I ho Hopefully our commentary here kind of gave you a good insight into that as well, um, give you some of the background information, um, the dominance of, you know, a Watanabe or the importance of the Kyrie match, um, the reason her tag teams were so good and why she was such a good tag team wrestler. Hopefully we gave you a little bit of everything um, from start to finish here. Yeah. Hopefully like obviously, you know, anyone who's been listening to this podcast from the beginning or any of the other podcasts that we do, especially uh, will know how big a deal jungle counter is to my personal fandom. Um, and, you know, if you've only just come in or only seen her from the past year, it might be a little confusing. Oh, what 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 is about Jungle that Trent likes so much? And, 
Now, hopefully watching these matches and listening to the first episode we did a fortnight ago, you can kind of understand just how perfect an underdog babyface she truly was. Not only like her style of wrestling is right up my alley, that bruiser style, the hard-hitting, you know, strength-based wrestling, um, but even beyond that is just the character work and the the vibe of a jungle just resonates with me so perfectly. And going back and watching these matches and you're you know, literally following her you know, progression in the career, it, it just makes me appreciate how good she was at that all over again. You think you'd be on Micah's side more. Uh, <laughs> uh, but no more Jungle Kiona ma- uh, shows. We're done. We're, this this is it. Everyone got their Jungle Kiona show. Uh, congratulations. Trent won. Trent won this time. Um, he won He won the battle, but not the war. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, hopefully, well, hopefully, I'll find ways to squeeze her in, don't you? Worry? Oh, I mean, there's so many ways. There's factions. There's tag title. Oh, wait a minute. Um... <laughs> <laughs> this is not tag title reigns. I'm just oh well, tag titles, yes. Overall titles, no. Um But even so, like I think when it comes to Jungle Kiona, I that I did pretty good not making a joke until the very end of this, I think. Uh, you know, over two episodes. A, a month's worth of uh, restraint. It is very impressive. I know, I know. I had literally some people ask me, like, how'd you do it? And I was like <laughs> just just wait till we uh end recording. If I literally <laughs> I literally said there's other episodes of anything I've ever done with Trent that you can hear my comments about Chungo Keon. I don't think I need, I think, I think this is in all seriousness. Um, I'm happy we did this now. I think it's a good way to end 2023 end it strong. Mm. Um, you know, maybe next year we can end with someone that did become world champion. Uh, <laughs> but overall, thanks. Thanks for leading this Trent. Uh, I, I had a great time going back and watching the matches. I think that's always my favorite part of these. And, you know, once I can get myself to do them. <laughs> <laughs> it is funny, though, because it is one of those things like with so much wrestling going on in the world, yeah. it can be difficult to say, oh, I need to, I, I'm setting aside a time to watch stuff from years ago. Yeah, whether it's doing these kind of shows or writing, you know, feature length articles on, you know, past stuff. Yeah. It can be a little bit of a push, but as soon as you get into it, it's like, I remember why we picked these matches. I remember yeah. why they're so beloved, and it becomes so much easier. It's just hitting play is the hardest part sometimes. Yeah, it really is. It really is. But once you do and, like, you get into it, mm-hmm. and it's a lot better when, you know, they're on Stardom World. That helps. That helps. That made me – that made a lot more – that was a lot more helpful this time around. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, hopefully, you know, when you're listening to this, if, say, next year or the year after, Sodom World has been upgraded, the servers have changed. Yeah, we say these are on Sodom World. Hopefully they still are because, yeah, it is a shame when media kind of gets lost in these kind of situations. Yeah. But, yeah, who knows? Maybe some of the stuff we've had to encourage you to find elsewhere has found their way back as well. That'd be cool. That'd be yeah. cool. Uh, but with that, I'll start to wrap up our show here. Um Thank you for listening. Hopefully you have become a Jungle Kiona fan today. I have. Um, you have. I've, I've, I like her more now, I think, after these two episodes, which might have been Trent's evil plan. Um, <laughs> I still got my remarks in. So that's matter. why we're actually doing a seven-parter on her to start 2024. We're going to slowly break him down. <laughs> um, before we get into what's next for the Star and Road podcast. Um, Jungle Kiona part three. Nope. Nope, this is it. Uh, of course, reminder, I said at the top of the show, this is our last episode of the year. We'll be back 
on January 2nd with a special episode, which I, I'm about to go over. Uh, but before that, it is the end of the year. So, Trent, hit us with the plugs. What do you have going on? I know there's stuff. So you can find me on Twitter and X at One Up Culture. Um, yeah, we're just we're taking Christmas off because yeah, it's Christmas. We're, we're, that's why. That's yeah, why we're totally, totally not because the idea we had for the next episode worked a lot better than you know. It, it just worked out if we did, it dropped it the first week. Yeah. Um, and instead, we just rather skip one. So you break the kayfabe on me, Scott. Um, I, it happens. I break kayfabe once in a while. But yeah, as far as what I'm doing, obviously you can listen to Scott, myself, and Ryan Dilbert, the mature one of the three of us, at uh, the Ocean Cyclone Show, which is a wrestling podcast. Um, I have some end-of-year pieces in the works. Uh, Every year I like to do a stardom year in review, which drops the first week of January. I'm also wanting to put together basically a what the hell is going on in Japan at the end of the year, start of the year uh, for people who don't follow Japanese wrestling religiously and see there's like 17 big shows going on. So basically talking about this, this promotion's running a big show on this date. Here are a couple of key matches. So if you want to navigate the new year in Japan wrestling wise, you've got something to work with. Uh, there might be other stuff coming too. These days, pretty much if I write something, it kind of comes out of nowhere, but Huh. That, that's what that's what's going on in the world of trend. Yeah, I, <laughs> I I don't write anything either, so it's okay. Um, you can follow me at Scott E Wrestling on Twitter slash X, whichever you prefer to call it. Um, it is the year end, so that means I'm getting stuff together. I'll get my top twenty five matches of the year list out, the top ten wrestlers of the year list. Um, I'll probably just put those on Substack again or something or just post a literal like screenshot and put a tweet it and call it a day. Uh, but what I am doing that I want everyone to take part in is that for the five star Joe show, my Joshi podcast, which will be going live the same day as storm dream queendom 2023 for a live review. If that interests you in any way, shape or form, it should, because it's always fun. To have a lot of guests on um, me because I'll be asleep. Yeah, he'll be lights out. Uh, <laughs> no Trent, sadly, on that show. I'll probably get Trent on something else. We'll go over. Actually, your best guess is probably Ocean, um, Ocean Cyclone. We'll talk about that show and everything. We've got a year-end review for yeah. Ocean Cyclone coming up. Yeah. So um, for the five-star Joshi show, I don't know if there's other awards out there for Joshi, but I'm going to act like they're not for a second. I have the 2023 Joshi Awards um, voting coming out soon. I will be dropping the official ballots on December 31st. I'll be announcing some nominees over the coming weeks. Um, Of course, got to kind of wait until the 29th is complete to uh, put everything together. So match of the year will be the last thing revealed and so on and so forth, just in case. I'm not mm-hmm. saying any match will be on the match of the year ballot there, but you know, we learned they, from last year. You yeah, got last, last year, the match of the year was uh, on there. But uh, here are the categories you'll get to vote for on there. And la- last year was, you know, it was the first year, so I kind of gave everyone a chance to just enter who they believed should win it. This year, we're going to have specific um, 
options for each award, and that's how we'll vote. So the awards are as follows. We have Rookie of the Year, which is an exciting award. We have plenty of rookies in the world of pro wrestling, whether it be Stardom, TJPW, or the independent scene. There's a lot to pick from, so I'm looking forward to that. That'll be one of the more broader ones. I'm going to put pretty much every rookie in there um, rather than limit it on certain ones. Mm -hmm. I think that's something uh, specifically that I'm going to do. Breakout Star. Last year, Suzuki won Breakout Star of the Year. And I think that turned out to work out pretty well. I think mm-hmm. uh, she continued to break out. We'll have show of the year, which should be a lot of fun. All-star grand queen and obviously a favorite in that conversation early on. We will have the Joshi Indies MVP. I've already had messages. Why is, why is this even a category? <laughs> uh, they're like, are you it's just invitational? Yeah. They're like, are you just going to put one person? I was like, well, I'm going to put multiple people and then you can all just vote for her. Um, <laughs> TJPW MVP, stardom MVP, Joshi indie promotion of the year, feud of the year, story of the year, tag team of the year, match of the year, and Joshi wrestler of the year. So make sure to keep an eye out for that. I will be releasing the ballot and I will be posting it in all the discords and anything that I'm in. So if you're in there, feel free to vote. This isn't um, just to Joshi podcast people or, you know, this is for everyone to vote on. Um, Mind you, if you're listening to this over an hour in, you're probably a Joshi podcast guy or gal. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, exactly. I want everyone that's a fan of Joshi to vote. Um, you know, sometimes... And I think everything's pretty open this year, which is why I'm so mm. excited for it. There seems to be um, some excitement in voting. So looking forward to that. But let's get to the next episode, shall we? The next episode on the Stardom Road will be a 2023 look back in many ways. It's our first chance to kind of do a present day conversation in full of course mm. we did the Jamaica retirement and look over her career but this is completely about the current product so me and trent will be doing a tier list everyone loves the tier list um, and we will be putting every wrestler into their own tier on how they did in 2023 um it's gonna be a lot of fun i'm looking mm-hmm. forward to it because again a very weird year for stardom i think some people might be shocked by who goes where and that video that video will be uploaded on the Countout Podcast Network YouTube channel as well. So you can watch us put, you know, put each wrestler in the tiers because mm. sometimes visually it's better than listening. Um, it's something new to try. It's something fun that we plan to hopefully do every single year moving forward. It'll kind of be our way to kick off the year because it's our best way to look back mm. at the year prior um, in a unique way that you and me don't do on other podcasts. Yeah, because so many of our podcasts like this is more evergreen content. But, mm-hmm. you know, I, I brought the idea to Scott a little while back and I wasn't sure where we were going to do it um, because this is typically a historical podcast. But Scott made a really good point is something like this. Like if this podcast goes for five or six years, you know, having 
kind of like a record of what happened in 2023 with these wrestlers. So in 2027, when we're referencing something, you can go back and either watch the video or listen to the podcast and see what their year specifically was. So it still fits the historical standpoint. It's just slightly different in how we go about it. And it's going to be a lot of fun. It's the first time for Stardom Road we've been doing with video. Uh, As Scott mentioned, this will still be a podcast. So if you like to just listen rather than watch, if you're you know, on on a bike or driving your car, that's how you normally listen to Stardom Road. You can still do that, but we felt like um, for something like this, for those of you who might want to watch it, chuck it up on YouTube, uh, you can. We'll, we'll, we'll make sure to mention where people are th- periodically through the episode, but it's fun yeah. seeing where they get placed um, and having yep. just that visual cue. So Yeah, it'll be every Stardom roster member plus Nanai. <laughs> and Mariah May is in there as well. Um, oh well, yeah, I, and Megan Bain. So she it, hasn't wrestled in AEW yet. So, like to me, she's still starting wrestling until she does. It, it's basically all of the permanent roster members, yeah. and we're also including Hamaker in this because she was a permanent roster member until she retired, um, and just a couple of the key regular freelancers. So someone like Risa Sarah isn't in the list because although she made a few appearances, she wasn't a consistent part and she didn't play. Last year she would have had a better... Uh, yeah, that. but Nanai Takahashi, she's been so integral to stardom in 2023. We wanted to make sure she was in there. So there's 40 wrestlers. It's it's going to be interesting to see how long the podcast goes for. We'll you probably have to, have to... Trent agree too, which <laughs> yes. might be half the entertainment. <laughs> so hopefully you guys have a kick of that. You can tell us that we're wrong with some of our lists, but it's our list. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Follow along. It is also the the list is public on the Tier Maker website. So you can make your own list and share it with us. Which yeah, I'll share I that when the episode comes out. Yes. We want you to listen to the episode first. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, for Trent, I'm Scott. And until next time in the new year, be mm. safe, have a happy holidays, enjoy Star and Dream Queendom, enjoy any other wrestling you may be watching. And until the second, see ya. This has been a Countout Podcast. So, Curtis. Yeah, man. Countout said we've got to do an ad. I've never done one before. Uh, what should we do? I have no idea, bro. I, I, like, I ever made an ad before. What, what, what are we doing an ad for? I don't know. We just say we're like a New Japan Pro Wrestling podcast, and we just put a bunch of clips like here. Arguably the most shredded guy. So yeah. you really want to get there, too. <laughs> uh, I, maybe a little bit bigger. Yeah. We'll see. Heard that here. Michael Richards <laughs> calling Jay White small compared to him. <laughs> <laughs> he uh i love it this picture you've painted for me i, I want to hang it up i want to frame it and hang it up in my in my bedroom yeah uh, we don't have a wwe tryout or a new japan tryout every second week and now i'm in bullet club and here will osprey versus kenny omega do you want to just go off about this match how do you take or talk about one of I think probably the best matches you've ever seen. That's an ad, right? Yeah, yeah, that works. That that that's that's brilliant because then all our work's already been done for us, and we don't have to do anything. Aha! Past us did it. Present us living in the now. Look at us. Look, Look at, at that. us being friggin' brilliant. Mate, minimum effort, maximum output. Okada Shorts podcast. Check it out on the Countout Network.
at Okada Shorts. Rate and subscribe, listen or die.